Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Just take a little time out from looking at the others and showing the others. And then we get to know ourselves in a different way where there's, it doesn't matter what the outer shell is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And if we have a pimple, it's not the worst day. Yeah. And it's like this, um, this kind of tendency that our sadness and our happiness is so deeply tied to what our waistline looks like. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm skinny, I'm happy, I'm fat, I'm sad, I'm skinny. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's a, this is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Beautiful Lives, the podcast in which I, Madeline Spencer, invite a guest to reflect on the parts of their life story where beauty rituals or products have played a role and how what they saw in the mirror or perceive they saw in the mirror has had an impact. Today I'm joined by the yoga teacher Tashi Dawa. I met Tashi during a yoga retreat I went on at a place called Vale de Moses in Portugal and was first struck by how brilliant a yoga teacher she is weaving physical postures and really helpful tips on how to manage challenging periods in life together in each class. And then she started to reveal little things about her life, the fact that she didn't own a house and that all her possessions fit into a rucksack, for example, and that she'd only had one haircut in her entire life. And I started to think that Tashi's life story and perspective on the interplay between mind and body was likely to be pretty interesting. So I asked her if she'd come on the show to record with me. In this episode, Tashi of course talks about her life, but also gives lots of really sound advice and offers up some philosophies that might just shift perspective slightly. If anxiety plagues you, I'd really encourage listening right to the end to hear Tashi chant. I find hearing her do so deeply soothing when I'm feeling on edge. Here's Tashi. So I'm here with Tashi Dawa. Tashi Dawa. (laughs) I'd like you to tell me what that means before we start. Uh, so Tashi is, it's a Tibetan name. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, it's a Tibetan boy's name. So when um, my mum was pregnant with me, she was um, hanging out with the guy that organises the Dalai Lama tours in Australia. And so he was living with them, my parents at the time. And, uh, and they were, he had been in Nepal talking about this kid, this little boy called Tashi Dawa. Right. And my mother declared, well, we've got a Tashi Dawa. And she didn't care whether it was a boy's name or a girl's name. So I have a Tibetan boy's name from birth. So that leads me right to your parents. Tell me about them. My parents, um, both born in Sydney, both come through like kind of Catholic schools, mm-hmm. boys' school and girls' school. They meet um, when they're in their late teens mm-hmm. and, you know, when they're just first going to university. And um, they're both uh, very into philosophy, very into Eastern philosophy. My dad was already a musician mm-hmm. and he studied philosophy at uni. And um, so they both, she was doing arts at university in Sydney. And so they both had real interests in Buddhism, in philosophy, in Eastern philosophy, um, in communal living. And so they then start to have a family 
uh, we moved, they moved to mm-hmm. the northern northern New South Wales area near Byron Bay, mm-hmm. and uh, so did the whole band and all of their friends, and okay. so they made what a year? little community. What, what era? Well, this is like the early 70s. Okay, fine. So it was a time for it. Sure. It, they were in the popular kind of um, movements mm. of alternative living, uh, off-grid living, mm-hmm. um, philosophy first, kind of um, taking the shackles of the Catholic Church off their bones. Lots of music, lots of uh, people. My mum was having children. Nobody else was having children. So okay. when we grew up, mm. um, there was a lot of adults around and a lot of, I guess, adult ideas. Okay. And yeah, so that was, that was kind of um, fundamental, I guess, for me because I have been myself mm-hmm. my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a kid who is around a lot of adults, they treat you like a little person, not a kid. Yeah. So you get your own personality and you've got your own worldview and just because you're five doesn't mean you don't have a worldview. What kind of education did you have then? Was there a point at which you went to high school? Yes, well, we've had a small school, small kind of um, one teacher school. for mm-hmm. the, Initially, I went to this tiny little school, lots of hippie kids. Yeah. And then um, it, it, it becomes too small and my dad ends up kind of going, he had a degree in, um, in philosophy and education, so he went to teach in a high school. Mm-hmm. And my mum kind of in and out of the family. So she was traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. And so basically, um, dad was the support. He was the, st- he was the stable kind of rock in the center of the family. Mm-hmm. But that was the first time that we had structured. So I didn't assimilate to school very easily because mm-hmm. I was already quite rebellious and a little bit, um, I guess, um, strong-minded. Mm-hmm. And when you go into the school system, and now you had to go into just the normal, like whatever regional town school was there, um, uh, yeah, had to fit in. And yeah. I, I remember at about nine years old going mm. to this girl's place because I was really impressed with how clean she was. Her hair was all really very, very clean. Very, all of, Everything matched in her pencil case. She had her name, I think it was Angela or something, her name on her pencils. Wow. And I was just so impressed by her. I was like, you are so well put together. Like, yeah. there's nothing in my house that matches. I've, we've got all, all secondhand everything. Mm-hmm. My sheets have never matched. I've never known this matching kind of stuff. Yeah. So I go to this girl's place to sleep the night and it's the first time that I have heard the word God because she prays before she goes to sleep mm-hmm. and I don't know what she's doing really. I'm, it's obvious that I'm quite confused about the whole setup of their home and, um, and then she looks across at me with her hands, you know, she's in her prayers before bed and she asks me, are you not lonely without God? And I'm like, what on earth is this girl talking about? Like, I had no idea what she meant. I didn't know what she was asking me. Yeah. The next day we go to Sunday school and everybody knows this story about Jesus. And I'm like, wait, everybody knows this story? Like, hang on, I've completely missed this entire story of information. How can this happen? And I was so, I was really upset with my mum and dad. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, you can't send me out into the world not knowing the story that everybody yeah. else knows. And my dad said, but did she know about the Buddha? I'm like, I don't care, Dad. Yeah. She knows about the Buddha. They all know about this other story. Were you practicing Buddhism at home? Well, there was a lot of chanting. I guess practicing Buddhism means you meditate a lot. Right. It's not like uh, my mum wasn't um, doing lots of the Buddhist rituals or anything at home, but we had a lot of iconography, so um, a lot of um, Tibetan script in the home, a lot mm-hmm. of pictures of Lama Yeshi, who was my mum's teacher. Mm-hmm. And so I guess it, it, whatever you would usually find in a Christian home you might have a, a crucifix and you might have pictures of Jesus and the Madonna or something like that yeah uh, we had the same iconography but it was Buddhist iconography mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. home what were your siblings like 
Well, my older sister um, is very different from me. I'm obviously doing what I was always meant to do in a way. I'm a yoga teacher now. So my mum and dad are absolutely not surprised that I am a yoga teacher. This is, you know, like just carrying on the family lineage or something like that. So um, that's very normal. Mm -hmm. But my sister's in banking and she's very corporate and she's very different. And so she's the black sheep in a way. Mm. And uh, But that happened in our early life. She was so, she expressed her personality and her her um her need to not be like us oh. like no 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 I want to be normal I want to fit in I want to look like the girls in the magazines right. and um and I didn't it, that never occurred to me what did you think you would be when you grew up well I thought that I would work in theater because I had been I guess by then by high school I had already been um doing a lot of creative stuff my my mm father ends up being a drama teacher in the high school and he's really good at really good at what he does and very academic and very mm. like um, classical yeah so I end up following his lead you know he's creative and he's interested in ideas and English and literature and uh, and drama so yeah. I end up I'm so um I'm so naturally physical my um, my whole life I've been naturally kind of m- uh, movement based mm-hmm. person so I was into mime and I was into dance and I was into theater mm-hmm. and my dad I guess was priming me as far as you know I'm one of four and I was the theater kid I'm the creative kid and then you don't know um where the end point is because you, you kind of um you've got the, all this promise yeah and the the pressure of promise mm. um so what to do with all of this promise and you don't want to fail you don't want to disappoint everybody and everybody's kind of going wow I can't wait to see what she's going to do yeah and you're like oh my god I don't know what I'm going to do yeah and so I I end up getting into um uh you know like I'm from a surfing town so you know like there's loads of things that you can get up to when you're a teenager and I could really feel this choice that I was starting to make as a teenager. Like, mm-hmm. I do have a lot of creativity and I am a good communicator and I do love the theatre and I love being creative. Yeah. Um, I'm also rebelling a little against the pressure that, that feel, I feel like I could easily fail in mm-hmm. my life it, with this, with this build-up. And, um, and so I start to kind of, like, um, ditch school and, like, get naughty mm-hmm. and, you know, it's hard get, to be... What does get naughty look well, like? <laughs> smoke cigarettes and right. you know get stoned behind can't the... imagine you smoking yeah. that <laughs> yeah. but like yeah. get stoned behind the school and um and my dad's a school teacher and I'm going to the same school so that's really hard for him he's like looking mm. at his daughter who's so you know such a lovely person but she's being so naughty and yeah. um by the time I'm 16 17 we're going into those last years of high school and I just get it together like mm-hmm. I'm suddenly like snap into well if you are to win at life you mm-hmm. have to uh, it was like something quite, you know, early in life of like, you have to do it yourself, Tasha. You're going to have to get your shit together right. and finish past high school with a really good grade. So you've got options because mm-hmm. I really was aware that I had a lot of options available to me. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I could do whatever I felt like doing. And if I could just concentrate and get through high school. Yeah. Um, and then when I um, finished high school and I got into a, a theatre school, I decided mm-hmm. to defer for a year. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is where a sliding doors um, life becomes available because I'm quite young and, and, you know, just finished high school. And I, def- I decide not to go straight to university, but have a gap year. And gap years weren't even talked about then. No. I'm finishing school in 1994. Right. And um, <clears throat> the boyfriend that I had at the time is going to go and work in Bali. Uh, he's a builder. Mm-hmm. He's a bit older than me. And so I'm like, well, 
I'm going to not go to university for a year. I'm going to go to Bali for a year. Okay. So I go to Bali for the year of 1995. Yeah. Bali is like quiet. There's not many foreigners yet. Yeah. There's only one yoga teacher in the whole of Bali that I, I met, you know, this woman and she's teaching yoga. There's no, there's so much yoga in Bali now, but there wasn't. In Were the, you practicing in yoga before that? Well, I had had some classes with my mum. Like I just, it wasn't something that I was doing. Yeah. Um, was your mum doing yoga? Yeah, my mum was doing yoga just in, in a general class. Right, and, okay. Um, uh, but the idea of meditation was very rich in my mind. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so I go to Bali and that's when I learned the Ashtanga series. So I'm like in my late teens mm. and living kind of independently and living with my older boyfriend. And mm. then I start to, I'd start to really get into yoga. Okay. And so I'm supposed to come back to Australia and go to university. And mm. then I'm like, wow, I'm a year in Bali. And I start to get into Balinese arts and Balinese dance and yoga. Wow. And I start, and I write to my dad and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to go to university yet. I started to realize I could just have a theatrical life. I don't need to go to work in the theater. Yeah. So then I go back to Australia. I do loads of traveling around Australia and working around Australia. Can I pause you before we yeah. go back to Australia? I have a question about your relationship with your body pre yeah. and during this phase of discovering yoga. Sure. So were you someone who, before you came to yoga, was comfy in your body and felt great and then it just extended that? Or was there a moment for you where you were like, oh, this makes sense and my body's changed? Maybe. Um, so I was already very physically fit. Okay. I was incredibly um, strong mm -hmm. and I still feel incredibly strong actually my body hasn't changed very much since I'm about 15 from exercise well I guess what were you doing then well I was doing a lot of dance a lot of theater which is okay. physical training yeah. and um I was into circus and I was into all kinds of like not gymnastics it's all theatrical mm -hmm. so I was very physically fit I did a lot of street theater when I came back to Australia mm -hmm. I did street theater and I was a doll so oh. I was incredibly coordinated like um isolation right. kind of work so that had been there since I'm a kid Okay. I've not necessarily had any like body issues that um, where I don't feel comfy in my body. Mm -hmm. I've been, I've I've felt um, incredibly comfortable kind of my whole life in my body, mm -hmm. which I know is rare, and I I have to not take that for granted when I'm teaching yoga, mm -hmm. because that is not the story that most people, especially women, come with. They come to yoga retreats and yoga classes with all kinds of um, um, different stories about their bodies. And I have to not um, just take for granted that people are just generally comfortable. Yeah. Look, celebrate life in your body, your amazing body, your body's amazing. I've felt like that the entire time. Mm. However, that is not an average feeling. Yeah. And I think perhaps, yeah, the, the early influence of Buddhism, the early influence of meditation. Yeah. I already had a meditation practice. By mm -hmm. the time I'm a teenager, I've got a meditation practice. And it was really important for me. And, um, and so by the time I start to do yoga, what I, what I found was I didn't have to perform it. That yeah. was the big thing. I was yeah. moving and the pleasure of movement without needing to perform to anybody. And that was, a, that influenced me enormously that I could move and the, you know, dance and theater is all very, very physical, very, very fun, but performing for another person and a group of people and judged by others and so I, I was um, always um, aware that, God, I'm going to be, if I work in the theatre, I'm going to just be judged the whole life. Mm. And I'm going to be scared of that judgment and scared of failure. Start yoga and I'm like, there's no failure. Mm. I can't fail at this. It was so soothing on my, on my person. Mm. Yeah. So I really loved that about the yoga practice. If I were to have a picture of you in front of me, of you at that point in your life, let's say living in Bali, 
What would you look like? What was your hair like? Were you wearing makeup? You looked exactly the same. Did you? <laughs> In fact, now I'm I'm 43 mm-hmm. and I look like I might be not not I don't look f- physically like I'm 20, but I I dress like I'm a 20. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I don't. You just I don't, don't actually wear. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't have um, a phase of like change like that yeah so you didn't and color your hair or wear like no i've still got henna or whatever no, I've still yeah got henna in my hair i've yeah. never put any chemicals in my hair i cut my own hair my mum taught me how to cut my own hair when i'm a teenager i've okay. never had a haircut ever no ever. I've, I've like never. literally no never. my sister shattered me a haircut once it was like wow. it was way back and i'm like wow this is really overrated because it's really expensive <laughs> Was like, it nice at the this. end? Yeah, it was all right. I, actually, I can't do it, do it like that. I can't yeah, yeah. cut my own hair yeah, like that. Yeah. But I, I don't think that um that kind of a body image, the way that um you know we because I I very rarely do things like get manicure, pedicure, or anything like that. I occasionally do, mm-hmm. and um and then I go, oh, this is really nice. Like it's really weird to let somebody else touch my feet, but like oh, it's really comfy and yeah. just lovely to be pampered. Yeah, but it's really rare. Yeah, and I don't buy cosmetics very often. And um, and if I'm going to spend money, I'm going to spend money on travel. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spend money on training. Mm. I'll spend money on um, what else? Good, really good food. Mm. A lot of like supplements. I'm into I'm into health healthy yeah. living. So yeah. and that healthy living trip. I've mm-hmm. been on that trip for a long time. You mentioned enlightenment. What is enlightenment? So I've got a I've got a meditator's joke that I can okay, tell you. Go on, go on. Um, so the difference between an enlightened person mm-hmm. and an unenlightened person is the unenlightened person thinks there's a difference. It's not a big massive change. Yeah. It's that you start to have this kind of abiding acceptance of all of reality Mm. without having any opinion about it it's kind of being beyond the gain and loss game beyond the wanting and the not wanting Mm -hmm. and so this is also part of the scriptures Mm. um the 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 kind of um perfection of presence which is the enlightened space is behind your preferences and the way that you frame what's right and wrong so it's behind your beliefs, mm-hmm. and it's very difficult to get behind our beliefs because what we what we believe is that our beliefs are, are uh, who we are. Yoga says, or yoga and and the, these wisdom traditions say, no, 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 you're behind that. That's who you are. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I've got a list here of um, yoga things that I've almost always wanted to ask a yoga teacher. Now oh. I have you here. <laughs> um, okay, so first you mentioned in 
one of the classes we did that you had a very funny class in India once where someone told you to rock, spinal rock, yeah. for an hour or yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah. And he just kept saying it would make you younger. Um, could you tell me about some of the weird and wacky experiences you've had with yoga? Well, um, I mean, there's all kinds of ways that people are teaching yoga around the world. And there's uh, it, India is particularly hilarious, I think, because um, the, the characters are bigger than life, right? And so, yeah, I was in Hampi with this um, this yoga teacher and I, I decided one year, I'm just going to go to any yoga class anywhere. As soon as there's a word yoga, I'm just going to go to the class. Okay. And uh, so I was the only student in this class and this um, this weird skinny Indian guy in his white pajamas, he's, he's, um, he's the teacher. Yeah. He's very happy that I come to the class. It was only like 20 rupees or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cheap. <laughs> and uh, so we've got some cotton mats and, and we're on the ground and I'm like, oh, there's no studio. He's like, no, madam, come It's like, it's perfect. The earth is here. I'm like, oh, good. Okay. So it's really rocky. Um, yeah, kind of floor and then a cotton mat which is not that comfy hmm. and um, and so when we, we when we start spinal rocking and he's spinal rocking and I'm spinal rocking and it's like I'm I'm happy to spinal rock for a little while like for a couple of minutes yeah and so after about spinal rock feels... is where you lie with your legs in the air and you're basically going back and forward like a rocking chair yes yeah. and you've got your knees tucked in and you kind of come up to sitting and then you go backwards and like a tortoise who's fallen over <laughs> yeah, yeah and um, and so that was kind of weird because it, <laughs> he was telling me that it was the secret to eternal youth and I'm like I thought moisturizer yes. <laughs> and uh, and so he, he's doing the spun rocking every time I come up like this was yeah it's over an hour it was so hilarious because every time I would pop up he'd go madam looking so young <laughs> Amazing. and I'm like okay this I is love the sound to... of this guy was he a real teacher yeah I think I mean who's a real yeah. teacher okay, we're fine. all real yeah. teachers yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I've had um I've been to a lot of ashrams in India and you know yoga often if you go into a more traditional setting is not anything to do with the asanas it's mostly meditation or really really fast breathing right. or you know that you can do lots of kind of weird stomach things and yeah you know, so there's like these all these weird cleansing things and I've been to... So yeah. they call that yoga, though? Like, they That's say, come yoga. to yoga, and you'd go in and breathe? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So when we, okay. when, when we um, have kind of um, inherited the teachings from India and we've brought them over to the West, mm. what, what we've kind of brought across is more like a tiny little slither of the yoga teachings, the physical postures. Mm -hmm. And we call that yoga in a studio, but actually it's just asana. It's not really yoga teachings <laughs> if it doesn't have the philosophical underpinnings yeah. and it's not like the whole... The whole kind of like lead yourself to um, an enlightened spaciousness. Right. If that's not the objective, it's kind of not yoga. Very quickly, before we move on to your life now, big question. Why teach yoga? Why not just enjoy it and travel? Uh, yeah, why teach? <clears throat> I think um, when you recognise that you have a resource... Mm -hmm. And, and that you enjoy something, I think you should make money out of it. You know, like that, make that your job. Yeah. You have a natural talent of some sort and we all have all kinds of different natural talents. And once you've discovered what you enjoy to do, what you're, um, you know, what you kind of naturally um, want to do mm -hmm. and that you're capable of doing it, do that. There yeah. is a living to be made in it because we we're there's so much. Um, we're very broad-minded now that we're kind of we've we've created an enormous scope for careers. Mm -hmm. And I had no plan to be a yoga teacher when I when I you know doing university and things. I really thought community development was my gig. Yeah. And you know doing master's degree, it's like you don't do that for nothing. It's hard to write a master's thesis. Mm -hmm. Like I I really thought that that was my career path. Um, but I, I think it's important to teach yoga. I think it's important to teach people how to um, build resilience. 
how to release themselves from the grip of stress, mm. how to see the thinking as it's happening. And I think mindfulness and yoga coming into the cities and, and kind of flooding the whole Western community, really, in the in modern culture mm. is really helpful because um, we are like the, the stats are terrible. Mm. We're these intelligent beings dying of stress-related lifestyle diseases. It's like, why? how can this happen? Yeah. And, um, and certainly now that smartphones are, are our, our new, newest kind of dummy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the pacifier of the smartphone, and yeah. our, our addiction to smartphones is uh, probably way more um, uh, dangerous than you know, smoking ever was, alcohol addiction was, ever was. It's like, this is bigger than heroin now. Yeah. Like, this is massive. Yeah. We be, we're becoming very unaware of our spatial kind of truth, yeah. where we live, like on the planet. Um, we're stop. We're kind of um, becoming very, very um, vain mm-hmm. and very um, self-referential rather than community referential. But I think that if we just take a little time out from looking at the others, yeah, and showing the others. And um, and then we get to know ourselves in a different way where there's it doesn't matter what the outer shell is a, is going to look mm-hmm. like and if we have a pimple it's not the worst day yeah. and it's like this um this kind of tendency that um uh, you know that our sadness and our happiness is so deeply tied to what our waistline looks like yeah. and so it's like I'm skinny I'm happy I'm fat I'm sad I'm skinny I'm like yeah. okay that's it this is a re- recipe for disaster Completely. because there'll be days when you're sick and you still kind of want to be happy like well yeah. well but you know the uh, the the body is, will go through its times and if we you know there's shit happens shit happens all the time Mm -hmm. can we remain deeply calm whatever the chaos of life Mm -hmm. and that's what i think the deeper yoga teachings are about because we're getting you know we're we're getting um older every day like this is the oldest that we've ever been Mm -hmm. and the youngest that will ever be again Mm -hmm. so this moment is passing and you know really really enjoy your youth could Mm -hmm. everybody just enjoy their youth and i'm sure that you have some young listeners Mm -hmm. really enjoy yourself Feel your feelings, let them come and go, explore, be adventurous, um, because life's short mm. and it would be terrible to kind of live your your last couple of breaths going, I was really scared of being judged. You know, that really deep appreciation for the miracle of life, that deep respect for the miracle that we are. Yeah. Not not so concerned with what it looks like as a miracle, yeah. but what it feels like. Yeah. And that that is beauty, I think. That's very graceful. If you haven't already come across the book, The Power of Now, I think mm. as, a, as a doorway to um, the essential truth of now is it, yeah. that really needs to be recognized by us all mm-hmm. because we seem to be rehearsing for an unknown future and it's like you're spending your life moments in rehearsal and each time you get to the thing that you've been looking forward to, mm-hmm. you're rehearsing for the next bit already. Yeah. So when do you actually arrive in your life? Do you have any advice, though, for people who might be listening to this, say, and they're just like, yeah, 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 great. Like, I really want that. But right now, I'm not I'm not happy. I look, you know, I'm in a bad relationship. I don't like my job. I look in the mirror and I like I, I do see fat on me or I do see this untoned bit. And it does make me miserable. What do I do? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that, you know, the, if you if you look at the nature of anxiety, which that sounds pretty anxious. Yeah, it's an anxious day. Um, so anxiety is like this conviction that something's wrong, mm. something's missing. Mm. 
and um, in in my experience of these kinds of meditation teachings or or you know physical teachings of yoga, what yoga asks of you is to flood the whole system with gratitude. You start with your breathing. You go, actually, I'm breathing right now, so there's more going right than wrong. Mm-hmm. Start with that. You know, yeah. you start with the stuff that is going right. By the time you get to the stuff that's you know the the bad relationship, the I hate my job and I feel fat. You, you've got such a lot, yeah. you know, you start from the stuff that you do have and then you flood the whole thing out to, okay, I've got the energy to do what I need to do to change the ch- things that I need to change. Because mm-hmm. we actually need the energy to, to have that hope and faith that we can do the necessary things for change. Yeah. And anxiety depletes us of all our vital energy. It is so exhausting. Anxiety is exhausting. And yeah. so the th- the changes that really, really need to be made, like get out of the bad relationship mm-hmm. and change the job if it's not right. And But you need the energy to, to even have faith that you can. Yeah. That can-do attitude, which is like I'm an annoyingly can-do person and it's really agitating probably for some people. Yeah. But you need the energy mm-hmm. to start. And so, you know, there's the serenity prayer. It's really beautiful. I think it's um, something like I might misquote it. Mm-hmm. Um, May I have the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to to change the things I cannot accept and the wisdom to know the difference. Interesting. So ser- serenely uh, uh, across your day, what what can't I change? Mm-hmm. I'm a girl. I can't change into a boy. Not today. Like Not just like yeah. that. Okay. But Or I, I have this amount of money. I can't just get money. Yeah. I have this relationship. I'm not like walking out the door in five minutes. So these things, I'm not changing them today. Mm-hmm. What can I change today? I can stop looking in the fridge when I'm bored. I can get go for a walk. Mm. I'm sitting here just overthinking through the, all the dilemmas of my life. Mm. I can go for a walk. Those little tiny incremental can-do change, that builds your entire capacity to change. It's mm. the tiny little things. It's the, it's the get out of this mood by... A little bit of like water the plants or go and tinkle in in your paint box or mm-hmm. stop going shopping though like yeah. shopping's one of the ways that we can spend our time and it's very exciting to buy new things however it's kind of a bit like buying things that you don't need is not going to fix things mm-hmm. going for a really lovely walk walk up a hill look at the sky mm-hmm. and then come home and just address the things that you know uh, are your life yeah this brings me to your life now so when you said don't go and buy things, and you have mentioned before that you don't have many possessions, I would like to know how many possessions you have <laughs> and what they are. Okay, well, I live in an inter- eternal summer. Yeah. yeah. So because I'm in Europe only from spring till autumn, and then I go to I go to Australia and India Fine. for the winter. So I don't own any clothes that are for cold weather. Fascinating. Because I haven't been in cold weather for a really long time and okay. um so if i don't have a jumper or a jacket mm-hmm. and yet like i'm going to be in london in a couple of weeks so it might be cold there but you know what's in london loads of secondhand shops yeah go buy the jacket wear the jacket a few days take it back to the secondhand shop and i'm happy to contribute charity so i am such a, a, a secondhand shopper i'm okay. i'm really good at it mm-hmm. i love to go and find treasures mm-hmm. secondhand treasures 
Um, so if I need something, I'll buy it secondhand mm-hmm. and then I'll give it back because wow. I don't want to carry it. Everything that I own, I need to carry on my back. Mm-hmm. There's only so many things that I can carry. Yeah. And um, so I have a computer um, I have some storage because I have, you know, like when you when you end up living like I do, you need all of your stuff in one place. And so I've got, yeah, loads of external hard drives mm-hmm. and things like that for mm-hmm. my books and for my resources and for all my photos. So do you read physical books or do you read them I No, you know what? I'm getting so lazy. I don't even read Kindle anymore. I just listen to Audible. Yeah, but that's great. People love Audible. I love to yeah, be yeah, read yeah, yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's I love so soothing. when the author like reads their own book. Yeah, I mean, the dream. Oh, yeah. that's so good. I love to be read to. So Audible is now my go-to for mm-hmm, books. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so most of my things that I would usually, like books and things like that, photographs mm-hmm. that we would usually have had to carry, yeah. now we can carry them digitally. So I'm like so lucky. This is like a um, a dream like for a, a lifestyle like me. Yeah. Where I just want to wander around. I don't want to carry many things. And I don't have that urge to buy stuff. Yeah. And I think it's an addiction. It's like one of those things that once you get it, it's like coffee or chocolate. Or sugar, mm. you know, once you get the thing for sugar, you really start to crave it and it starts yeah. to be agitating without it. And so I think shopping's the same. I um, completely agree. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, if you get rid of, you can, if you can kick your sugar habit, mm-hmm. you can kick your shopping habit. But we get bored, right? We get mm. bored. So there's lots of, you know, get strategies to entertain yourself apart from that. And I like to draw and I like to write mm-hmm. and I like to kind of diddle around in my sketchbook and write poems and things like that. So you take that stuff with you. And what about, yeah. like, do you have a makeup cosmetics bag? What's in there? I don't really wear makeup, but... Um, at I do, all at all? I have, a, I have an eyeliner. What, what makeup do I have? I have a lip gloss. Yeah. Which one? Um, it's just like, I don't know what to call okay, it. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to Actually, be like, I have to have this one by, by Terry. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, I have a lip gloss. I have an eyeliner. I have a mascara. Okay. And I think I have, because uh, my sister was... Was was cleaning out her makeup thing and she had some of that powder that's got a little bit of glitter in it. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. I got that for so parties. That. Okay, fine. <laughs> so I never, yeah. I very rarely wear that Fascinating. though. Fascinating. Yeah. And what else do I have in my makeup case? I've got a lot of tinctures because I, okay. I use a lot of supplements and that's heavy because they're usually in gla- glass, glass yeah. brown bottles. Yeah. And and so and they're liquid, so they're they're heavy. What supplements do you take? I take a sleeping supplement because I'm oftentimes, I get up really early and sometimes yeah. I get so excitable that I can't go to sleep and so I have a sleeping, like a valerian type of supplement. And, and you're um, veggie. Yeah, I'm vegetarian. And you've been so veggie I, your whole life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, and I, I don't tend to feel like I'm depleted of proteins mm-hmm. or anything like that, but I do have a few powders, mm-hmm. you know, some superfoods stuff and I really yeah. like the Vital Greens. There's an Australian company that make this incredible powder that's Vital Greens and it's got probiotics, prebiotics mm-hmm. and all the green stuff that you need just in case because I travel so much I don't always have that really excellent food available. I was going to say you're quite reliant on wherever you go having good food yeah uh, and, and good I, veggie food yeah which is not always the case no. of course which yeah. is why I carry a, a few supplements with me because right. you know like airplane food like who wants yeah. to eat airplane food because if you have food? to eat potatoes you can have yeah. like a smoothie with it yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah and, fine um, and so I've always got my water bottle kind of full of green mm. weird green looking swampy stuff yeah <laughs> nice yeah tell me what an average daily routine would look like you said you get up early what kind of time you get up what do you do okay so I live mostly on retreats for eight months a year I'm basically living on yoga retreats okay and then for the other four months I'm living in India mm-hmm. or I'm living in Australia in my little beach beach town yeah. and so my my 
my um, alarm is permanently on at 5.15 mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it's rare that I would get up later than that okay. um, unless I've had late nights and I do like to kind of go to festivals and things like that in which case it's such great kind of like for me it's so great to get off the discipline trip and just turn off everything and not know what time it is and and not have to get up and practice. Do you struggle to go back to it though when you've done that? No, because I miss it. Okay. I miss the. I think I really like getting up before the sun, mm-hmm. and I have that thing about like seeing the dawn. And I'm mm. in my practice. I think I have a very romantic relationship with my practice. Yes. I really love it. I love the breathing. I love the quiet. I love the feeling in my body. I love the strength, the internal strength that I feel, and I'm, I'm kind of addicted to it. Have you ever had partners where they've tried to push you out your practice, or they've push yeah. against it or... people get jealous of your practice yeah. it's like i'm having a relationship not with another man but with myself and yeah. they're like but what about me yeah. and i think that's weird but i also only meet yoga kind of people as okay. well so most of the people that i've had in my life mm-hmm. are kind of either other yoga teachers mm-hmm. or yoga related and mm-hmm. i yeah there's been some people that um they kind of want to hold me in bed mm-hmm. like i find that like don't get in the way of my practice yeah. man like, yeah <laughs> yes yeah. So. yeah okay so you do yoga and then the rest of the day yeah then well yoga and i'm often teaching so i teach a lot of the year yeah so you do and, yoga for about an hour yeah about 90 minutes okay and then I drink coffee <laughs> and, then right. I, yeah. and then I teach a couple of hours yeah. and often on retreats, I'm hosting quite a lot. So it's a lot of kind of hosting, you know, talking to people yeah. and asking yeah. them how they are. And, and that I'm the one that's talking in the class. Mm-hmm. I get to tell everybody who I am and express myself. And so there has to be time when I'm not talking and listening. And so I, I do a lot of listening on retreats mm-hmm. because um, the stuff comes out mm-hmm. on retreat. I've, I've been ta- saying things that are very personal and a little triggering. Mm-hmm. And so I need to then take some time to be able to listen to, okay, what's coming up for you and yeah. how can I support you? And, um, and is, there, is there something particular that, that I could do so that you could come upon this practice? Do you get a lot of people wanting to tell you things? I'd imagine you get a lot of people who want to sort of confess oh, to you there's, there's well. something very strange about being a yoga teacher people think you might be a dietitian you might be a psychologist but i've got a lot of memes in my yeah. head i'm like a i'm like one big kind of quote machine yeah, because i teach i teach so much that i need essential teachings mm. like wrapped up in one or two sentences or a story or yeah and the you know all of the the wisdom teachers like mm-hmm. the buddha mm-hmm. he taught in stories why mm-hmm. do we need stories because they're personal they're human and so stories work. Stories are so important. Yeah. What time do you go to bed? Oh, I, I, I like to be in bed by 8.30. If I'm honest, I mean, who can get to bed every night at 8.30? I often go to bed a bit late. Mm-hmm. I still want to get up at 5.15. So even if I'm in bed by 1, I'm up at 5.15. Right. But I have a big fat nap but in then the middle of the day. Because I've got this, like, this schedule that's morning and night work. So mm-hmm. not everybody can get a big fat nap. And I understand this is, you know, this lifestyle of going very early to yoga practice it's not going to work for everybody mm-hmm. and it's um it's a very particular lifestyle but a little bit goes a long way yeah you know tell me about your tattoos well i've got i've got two tattoos one both of them i got with my father mm-hmm. <laughs> my father's got quite a few tattoos yeah and and so the one that i have in my arm um i um had a really bad breakup a couple of years ago it would have been maybe 2015 so mm-hmm. it was like um very hurtful deceitful like I was really my I had to do a lot of forgiveness work mm-hmm. and um and so it was really it was the first time I'd gone home to mum and dad's because of course I don't have an address right I don't have a home and yeah. I you know my tax residence and things are in Australia but um I don't have a, a home to go to mm-hmm. and um and which is the way I like it I'm happy totally happy with that and permanent travel is fine mm-hmm. 
But when you're when life kicks you in the ass, mm-hmm. where do you go? I'm so lucky to have a really great home to go to in my in my folks' place, and they're my best friends. Mm. They're really open-minded people. I feel completely free. Uh, they, you know, I can just be myself. Yeah, they sound great. Yeah. Uh, so I sit on my mum and dad's veranda for like honestly a couple of months and they're not used to having me home for that long and they're like oh my god how do we help her she's the one that's fine Mm -hmm. and traveling and like you know she's got Mm kick-assness in her cells like so um, how do we support this girl now that she's home we don't know what to do with her so my dad sits in the veranda and we're drinking tea and he's like hey tash should we go and get a tattoo (laughs) my mom's like oh please no you two do not do that not right now (laughs) don't get a tattoo or she's so you know like obviously not balanced yeah anyway i'm like Hell yeah, Dad! Let's go and get a tattoo. So we go, we think about it, and we start to kind of ponder what is it that essentially? What's what's our life? What's mm-hmm. our core? What's at the core of us? And so we decide meta, which is this um, concept of loving kindness. Mm-hmm. My dad has been so influential to so many people. He's a great teacher. He is a loving kindness guy. Yeah. My mum is so much about loving. I am so much about this like loving kindness. Mm-hmm. You know, o- apart from anything that I want is that people be very, very well within themselves. Mm. I feel well. I want everybody to feel like this. Yeah. <laughs> but you've got another one. I've got an om, an om symbol on my yeah. belly that I also got with my dad when I was, like, really young. Okay, fine. <laughs> so we went to Byron Bay and all got, all got um, tattoos. Yeah, and the om symbol is very fundamental to, like, my family, but also my 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 mentality. It's, om just means vastness. Always yeah. go as vast as you can with your mind space. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I have three final questions for you. Oh, yeah. First one is, what would you consider to be the greatest triumph in your life? Um, I guess, um, yeah, maintaining my sense of well-being in in the face of, you know, lots and lots of people, lots of relationships, lots of travel, um, being my own best friend. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, fundamentally true, and I, I feel it every day. I'm really happy to be me. I'm really happy to be alive, and that's a great triumph because if it costs you your peace, it's just too expensive. Mm. I'm just a generator of all these quotes. I know, but yeah. I am peaceful. I'm really, I feel very, very well. That's a, that's a triumph. In this day and age, if you can feel really happy to be yourself, not because you have a lot of riches, not because a lot of people are, um, you know, not because you're famous, but because you just like yourself. Mm. I really like myself. What advice would you give your younger self? And, and what age would that person be who you're talking to? Uh, my younger self... Mm, um, I would give my my like early teens self. Mm-hmm. I was really, you know, we all get a bit like confused about who we are and self conscious, and um, and we kind of just walk around in circles, trying t- just trying to understand what we might do and who we might be, and and I just tell her not to worry so much because it's mm-hmm. going to be fine, mm-hmm. and um, and the the opinions of others they don't matter they don't actually in it make that much impact in, in the scheme of things yeah. the reputation doesn't matter you just live with courage so be be more courageous 13 yeah. year old little me final one three guests if you had a dinner party do you cook sometimes okay. i wouldn't have a dinner party we'd have a brunch party fine a brunch party because okay. it'd be the right time of day yeah. <laughs> so everyone could get wildly drunk no drinking? no okay no drinking so let's say Lots of tea. Yeah. Um, okay, three guests, dead or alive, who would you have at this brunch? Okay, so I would vi- invite the Dalai Lama mm. because I think he would make for really good conversation. Like, he's a, he, sure. talk about quotes. He's yeah. Everything that he says yeah, is he's quote a quote, quote generator. So I'd yeah. have the Dalai Lama and he'd sit there in his robes and, of course, we'd all have to sit on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I might invite somebody. Why like, does he sit on the floor? 
No, everybody sits on the floor. Okay. At, my, at my brunch party, everybody sits okay. on the floor. Okay. No, no yeah. furniture. Yeah. We're sitting on the floor now, yes. just so you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so drinking tea, eating yeah. eating brunch um, with the Dalai Lama, yeah. and maybe Alan Watts, who Isn't is an incredible he's an incredible storyteller and Zen teacher. Mm-hmm. And I would love to know what Alan Watts and the Dalai Lama would talk about. Alan Watts, if you haven't already um, YouTube YouTube kind of binged Alan Watts, I I recommend you do it. Okay. His teachings, his his um his, the way he speaks, it's so raw and real and. Uh, and so logical he's a logician it's mm-hmm. like very very helpful does he to... talk about his own experiences or what? he talks about society and okay. he talks about the way that we um we can we can view ourselves mm-hmm. in a broader scope and i i have been very influenced by alan watson must mm-hmm. say and he's real really re- rebellious mm-hmm. as well he's an american californian zen he's not with us anymore so okay. but he'd have to i you know if we could yeah. bring him back and then maybe Oscar Wilde or something, just to throw some, like, we need some but purple. He would, A, he would definitely not stick, he would not be a brunch party person. I think he'd be like, I you're know. getting drunk. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He'd be late. Yeah, he'd be late and he'd be drunk. And he'd but be he'd dissonant. be awesome. Thank you so, so much for sharing all of that. That was really fascinating. I'm going to ask you to do one final thing. I didn't ask you to do this before we recorded. Oh. But I wondered, there's a chant you do in class. And I wondered if you could chant us out sure so which, which one do you prefer the one where it goes low and then goes high do you know <laughs> what i mean by that it's like <laughs> i'm not gonna uh, try and do it but are you gonna chant it with me definitely not oh, i think gosh, this okay. should be relaxing for people at home and okay. i think my voice would ruin that but could you explain what it means first sure which one will i do because we've shared quite a few i love to share like lullaby mantras yeah <clears throat> um so okay well relevant to what we've been talking about there is um, a mantra for the green tara mm-hmm. and green tara is said to be the mother of the buddha mm-hmm. and um and so i always like to say if you thought the buddha was a badass think of his mother yeah and uh, so and uh, green tara we appeal to her whenever we are mistaken um, by believing our thoughts mm. and if the thoughts are things like jealous thoughts it's like you know when you're jealous you're kind of not yourself right no. it's like having a, a, a little bit of mental illness yeah. uh, or when you're angry and so behind the anger and behind the jealousy is this otherwise really great great person mm-hmm. very affectionate very wonderful person that is the true kind of you mm-hmm. and then jealous jealous thoughts or jealous ideas come along and they distort your your personhood they distort who you are yeah. and so green tara is said to kind of um relieve us from holding on too tightly or identifying with those ideas right and so it's about kind of letting jealous ideas or thoughts or fantasies or you know impressions come and go they just come and we're not kind of oppressing or repressing or resisting all of these thoughts we're just letting them pass really quickly mm-hmm. and so may our jealous or angry or um or doubtful thoughts come and go really fast nice perfect okay, so this is a mantra for green tara and i hope that you enjoy and may all beings be well yeah. <laughs> Om tare tu tare tu re soha Om tare tu tare tu re soha Om tare tu tare tu re Soha Om Tare Tu Tare Tu Re
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 